Welcome to Trucking 101, Surviving Your First Year. Normally, I start the show with an open, but tonight's show is going to be a lot different. We're actually recording in a room directly from the 2016 CMC. It just ended a couple of hours ago. What's the CMC? <laughs> We've talked about the CMC. Don't interrupt, Rick. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Rick, and this woman talking over here is my lovely wife, Melissa. And as oh. she said, we've got a, a special show today. We have a few of our uh, Mastermind members, and we have some special guests here, and we're all going to tell some stories about our first year in trucking. Some of them bad, some of them good. Very few of them good, but we all survived them, so we thought we'd share them with you. Okay. Our first guest is Becky Morgan. I'm going to let Becky introduce herself real quick and tell her story. Go ahead, Becky. Okay. Uh, my name is Becky Morgan. I am a contractor with Schneider National, and I know I've introduced myself on the show before. And she's part of the mastermind group. Yes. But my first year, I got my own truck in November, which means we're going right into wintertime. Uh, Ten days after getting my first truck, I was dispatched to Canada. Wow. Yes. So picked up in Fort Wayne where it was nice, and then it started snowing all the way to Canada. By the time we got to Detroit, there was about eight inches of snow on the highway. So, yes, ten days into trucking in a cab over. That shows how long I've been at Schneider. Wow. Uh, with ten inches of snow on the ground. Crossed over the bridge. That was pretty uneventful, and I'd heard horror stories, but no. Went right on through because I had auto parts at the time, and they let those go. Did I mention it was like 20 below when I got to Canada? No. Wow. And it took me an hour to undo the fifth wheel because it was frozen. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so now it's like 20 below. I'm outside at the Ford plant, and I can only pull a little bit and let it go back and tug on it a little bit more and let it bust ice again. It took nearly an hour and a half to get the fifth wheel released. Yes. So this was the Gotta was love dropping hook. Yes. Yeah. So then ventured on to the Ontario terminal where the next day it was minus six. And they said, oh, my gosh, it's a heat wave. They were so excited. I was ready to go home. Yeah. But so I survived my trip to Canada and many others after that. But you just never know what you're going to get that that first year, what kind of load what kind of conditions, and you just take your time, cuss a little bit, pray a lot, and just just go on. So what what about uh, when you went across the border? Was, was that pretty simple? Or Easy did you have some peasy. Fun with that? I found out later. I was expecting a big, you know, all of that you hear, the horror stories of they'll search your truck and tear your truck apart and all this, but turns out when you have auto parts. You don't get any of that. They pretty much flag you right through the border because it's on a just-in-time delivery basis. I love GIT. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. When you have auto parts, you pretty much scream right across the border without so much as a barely a wave. Hello. That was it. Wow. That is quite a story for your first year. Uh, going to Canada, I, I went through the same thing with the company I was with. The difference was they said... Now, you have a birth certificate, right? 
I knew when they said that, that if I didn't have one, they weren't going to give me that loan. So I said, no, I don't. They said, well, when you go back home, make sure you get your birth certificate. I came back from the first time I went home almost immediately. We got a load going into Canada. Did you get your birth certificate? I looked for it, and I couldn't find it, and I had to come back. Well, you've got to get that birth certificate. After two times, they never asked me to go to Canada again. Right, and then when you became an owner-operator, you bought a long-nosed truck because they said if you have a long-nosed truck, yeah. you can't go into Canada. So you're like, right. long nose. <laughs> I it. didn't want to go through the horror stories of going through the, the, the thing going in there. I have period. a horror story about that, too about not having a birth certificate, but Schneider sent me anyway. And I had no problem getting into Canada. Uh -oh. I had a big problem coming back. <laughs> I almost couldn't get into my own country. Oh my and gosh. I finally just told the guy after, well, I just said, fine. Just, there's the big orange truck. I'm just going to sit here. We will just live in Canada from now on. He finally, I think, got afraid of my tone because it was like 4 in the morning. He kind of leaned back, grabbed his stamp, stamped a couple of papers and went, you're clear. Mm. <laughs> Please don't come back. <laughs> Please don't come back. But that was U.S. It wasn't Canada. Right. It was my own country that yeah. I paid their salary. Yes. Yeah. Welcome wow. home. Wow. I guess that's gotten even worse now, coming back from Canada. Thank goodness we don't like go. You act like you're a traitor for, for going there. Yeah, we don't go. Yeah, well, so unless they send you to Canada in your first 10 days of driving, just think to yourself, this could always be worse. <laughs> yes. Yes, it can always be worse. Just remember that, always. Always. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. That, you you guys don't know this, but <laughs> we've been doing podcasts. This is our, our ninth podcast, and we kind of started like a, a motto. Don't be that guy, you know, talking yeah. about the guys that do the stupid stuff. Yeah, we can't. When you see that on billboards, we yeah. came up with it. Okay. The mastermind group did. Exactly. Yes. Ready? Okay, we're going to go to our next uh, guest. He's a new member of our mastermind group. He actually just joined a couple days ago. His name's Joe Castle. I'm going to let Joe introduce himself and then tell his story. Hi, my name is Joe Castle. I'm a lease purchase operator for one of the big box companies that puts you through a couple of weeks worth of training and then turn you loose with a trainer. It's 52 years old. I was unemployed for about 11 months went through five or six different companies and interviewed with them and finally picked one. And I can remember finally getting out with my trainer. He drove to the first pickup spot. I take over the steering wheel or the reins, depending on how you look at it. Ten minutes down the road, we hit a T intersection. I make a nice, perfect left-hand wide turn. And I look back in my left-hand mirror, and there's a car following me rather closely. I'm starting to make my turn wide, get out to the right-hand lane, and I turn to my trainer, and I said, she's going to hit me. She's going to hit me. She hit me. She run right up underneath my ICC bumper with her car. I'm stopped halfway across. We ladies stop behind me. We get the state patrol coming. And they take all of our information, and I'm saying, good grief, I'm just shaking like a leaf. I'm in my first accident, and I'm not responsible, so I guess that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. But come to find out, this lady had been on the phone talking about her church group, and she was distracted, so they ticketed her. I got just a little bit of a talking to, and they decided that I was not at fault. Thank you very much. And then less than three months later, I got down in New Jersey uh, by myself, 
one of the most tightest places I've ever been in in the four years that I've been driving now. And you had to make a nice wide right-hand turn past some employee cars that are off to my right. I am concentrating so hard on moving forward and not hitting the truck with my mirror. I'm less than probably an inch, inch and a half from the guy's truck. And I'm more worried, and I got focused in and tunnel vision on his truck. And as I start straightening out, went down the street, made my left-hand turn, stopped off to the side, did all my paperwork. While I'm doing the paperwork, I get a call from my safety department. Uh, Joe, did you hit a car at your location? I said, not that I'm aware of. He said, you better go back, walk down there, and see what's going on. They had the police down there, and sure enough, the last two inches of my trailer had taken out somebody's left rear quarter panel. And I opened it up just like just like a can with a can opener. And the, the state trooper looked down, and he found the little brake light thing, and he says, I think that came off your truck, so you must have been the one that hit it. What I learned from that was that you not only have the four corners of your truck, you've got the two corners on the back of your vehicle 53 foot behind you. You need to keep focusing. Stay slow. Make your turns. But keep an eye on all of your corners and use your mirrors. That's one of the most valuable lessons I've learned. I've been accident-free ever since and not a problem Four good years later, I'm still alive, and I haven't hit anybody. Yeah, I don't think that uh, people have stopped doing that, but uh, it, it, it is. It, it's absolutely the, the hardest thing when these guys come into this business is somebody almost always one time when they're first doing it, they learn the hard way to watch that, that bumper back there. Absolutely. My, my uh, trainer, another trick that he taught me that uh, we had a conversation after that accident, I called him up and told him what was going on. He says, if you get to the point where you need to start thinking in terms of a helicopter being about 30 feet above your trailer, above your truck and trailer, and just kind of make sure that you're keeping in track of all the different corners of your vehicle and you're always looking behind you as well as looking forward you and don't get that tunnel vision if you will of going forward all the time and i just joe i want you to tell a little bit more about yourself because uh we are talking to new drivers but a new driver isn't necessarily a young driver so why don't you talk about how much experience you have and how old you were when you got started i was 50 three when I finally got hired on or leased onto the the carrier that I'm with I'm 57 now I've only been driving for four years I had spent a lot of time in uh, computers and got really good practice at sitting on my butt so that wasn't much of a change but being able to use the the technology and the GPS and the phone and the satellite maps is, is definitely a plus but the business side of things and like Kevin talks about at the CMC is knowing your numbers and keeping track of your business if you're doing the lease purchase thing that I'm doing which Kevin doesn't like but you know we just did a a lease purchase uh, thing here a couple weeks ago 
Yes, you're one of the few guys that are doing okay in your Leesburg. Yeah. Yes, I was able to listen to Kevin, and he's had several people call in and talk about their numbers and gross revenue versus what you're making per mile. And I was just kind of sitting there with a smile on my face and partially laughing because my numbers were as equal or better than ours. So I am one of the lucky ones only because I had that business experience. It's a very valuable thing to listen to people like Kevin Rutherford on the radio and listen to people who have been through this and then possibly attend a CMC to, to learn how to make that transition from a company driver to the lease. And that seems to be the... Uh, uh, no dead air. ...best wisdom... <laughs> Uh, of being able to, to start out as a company driver and learn how to drive, learn to watch your mirrors and stay out of trouble and learn to back up and do the things that you normally have to do and then hopefully find a mentor or a group of people that can bring you along, have you ask questions, and learn before you jump in with both feet and get into trouble that way. Right, so you wouldn't recommend at least purchase just car blanche. It would be... Not unless you had some prior experience of knowing your numbers, looking at uh, spreadsheets and profit and loss statements. If you've got some kind of business sense, you can, you can make it work. But some of the frustrations are you can't make modifications to your truck. Mm -hmm. You're, you don't have any control over your own destiny. You are definitely a company driver. You have to follow their their rules anyway, so why take that risk ahead of time before you get that experience? It's very, very valuable to have that experience before you do that. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much, Joe. Okay, so next we have uh, Rebecca Suzanne and Seth Jackson. They are also new to our group. They just joined this week. We were out hunting for uh, mastermind group members this week, and we found a few. <laughs> and we wanted them because we're trying to get ramped up to help all the people we can. So if you have any friends out there who are needing some help, we got a lot of people to help them right now. Right, so tell a little bit about your guys' selves and then go ahead and tell your story. We started with Schneider National back in July of 2004. We drove as company drivers for about 10 years until we bought our first truck back in February of 2015, a 2003 yeah, 2003 Freightliner Columbia with a 12.7 Detroit in it, pre-EGR, so yay there. Mm -hmm. and we've made various modifications to it. Um, the story we're going to tell is about our very first load as company drivers. Now, we were picking up a load of saw chain out of Clackamas, Oregon. We live in, we live in Oregon. We were living in Portland at the time. Um, so we go down there. We pick it up. And the nearest place, I think, for anybody who's driven in the area, the nearest place to scale, because it was like mm, 43,000, you want to scale a load like that. It was the act, the then the Flying J, which later turned into a Loves, out in Troutdale. Um, I get that. And unbeknownst to me, it's like um, we could have just slid the tandems, hadn't had it been okay. But being our very first load right out of training, I couldn't quite. I didn't quite have it right that you're, it's like slide forward to add weight to the tandems and slide back to take weight off the tandems. So it's like I wound up thinking I was sliding it the right way, but I was actually sliding it the wrong way. So we went back to the shipper to have them reload it because we couldn't 
because we were still too heavy on the drives, I think, at the time. So, so what we want, so now they were t- telling us to like do all sorts of interesting things, like um, slide our fifth wheel all the way forward, run with our tanks only half full, so we would, be, so we would scale okay. We went back to the scale, and unbeknownst to me, I make this turn to get off the scale. I look back at the trailer, and one of the rims is bent. And so I was like, oh, I think I hit the, I think I hit the railing. <laughs> Fortunately, so they send us to the TA next door. Um, we get the rim and the tire repaired there. We go back, scale. Everything's okay. And now we're on our way. We have our, we have our route. We're going, everything's going along fine until we get south of um, what, Denver, Colorado, along I-25. Now, there, it was dark, um, and of course, being our first load, we have no idea what this road is like. I'm getting hungry, and I want to pull off. We're driving team. Rebecca's asleep at the time. I pull off on a ramp, and it's pitch dark, um, and... I see a sign up ahead that says, I believe it said, load limit bridge, 15 tons. Uh And we're carrying 43, so we're a little bit over that. (laughs) So it's like, okay, what do we do now? I can't, had I, I mean, I know what I would have done now, but what we did is, okay, well, while I'm figuring this out, I'll eat. I did that, and then I see off to my left, there's a little bit of a clearing it's like, yeah, it's big enough to turn around. I'll just go down there, turn around, come back, and come back up this mm, kind of dirt hill. And But I start up, and it's a former TE truck, training engineer, so it's been, it's been abused because everyone's learning to drive on that truck. And I can't quite get it up the hill. The clutch is starting to go out on it. And so it's like, okay, well now what do I do? And so it's like we, I basically get in the bunk with Rebecca and go to sleep until dawn. And then it's like I try in the morning. You know, it's, and it's one of those things. It's like you're in first. You're just trying to get it up, and it's just not going. And eventually the clutch burns out on it. So we're stuck on this hill in the middle of nowhere, and so we have to call our emergency maintenance to get towed. Um, they come and tow us. They have, they have, since we're so heavy, they have to have one truck haul the truck. They have to have another truck haul the trailer. So we're down, we go down to a little town called Trinidad, Colorado. And so we're there, I don't know how long was it for? We were there one week. Okay, one week while they repaired the clutch. And so, in the meantime, I mean, they couldn't let the load sit there that long, so they had somebody else come, they had another truck come down, pick up the load, and get it on its way to Arkansas. And so, when we finally get out, everything's okay for a while. We managed to do our next few loads all right, until the clutch burns out again. And it's like, wait a minute, this is way too early for this to go on. But this time, we're in a company shop. They, like, take it off and find out, like, the shop had done things like, oh, install the clutch brake backwards. Um, And there's just all sorts of nice and goofy things that they seem to find out. And do you have anything you want to add to this, Sori? Well, when we got the load, we had to go get the empty. 
And we really didn't remember things about what a seal was. So we pulled a lightly loaded trailer out of Saya. Actually, what I think, yeah, we were trying to get her empty. We had, yeah, we, they told us to get an empty from Sai. We found the trailer. It didn't have a seal. Only we get towards there and find it's a loaded trailer. Yeah, yeah. I remember it having a seal because I clearly remember the guy at the docks going, "Do you need a pair of snips to open that?" So, and I also remember trying to slide the tandems. Um, on the scale, and I remember being scared to death on the scale because I remember like looking to my left and looking to my right, and and that I had to like get between these two pylons, and that seemed so threatening to me. And then uh, the company said, "Well, we'll send somebody out to help you slide your tandems." I remember us both being exhausted because we were both trying to help one another. Anything that could go wrong did, and that was our very first load. And all these years later, we're still driving a truck. So we made it through that, but it was if it can go wrong, it will. Yep. Made, it, made it through that load, and now you're here with our group trying to help people not have to go through by themselves what you guys went through on your or load. Or at least if they go we're, through it, they know that they're not the only ones. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, my, what I remember about going through truck driving school, first of all, I think it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, most of the husband and wife teams that went through, they would put the husband and wives together. But because we have separate, last, different last names, they didn't know we were married. And so they put us with different people. And before... I had gone to the truck driving school. My mother had called me out and reamed me out over the phone and told me I was going to hit somebody, kill him, and end up in jail for the rest of my life. So I was wow. a little bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She wanted to instill a lot of confidence. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Mom. So yeah. I was a little bit nervous, and it, I just found the whole thing to be incredibly um, intimidating. Um, and so... I didn't really remember a lot of what they had told me mm -hmm. in truck driving school. Right. And the other thing is, is that everything is perfect, right? Oh, you'll go here and you'll get an empty and it will be there and the tires will be inflated and it will be in good shape. And then you'll go to drop and hook and the, the lot where your drop and hook will be so clearly laid out and you'll have plenty of room to back in and it'll be well lit. And of course, the shipping papers will be correct. And none of that happens in the beginning. There are problems. There are problems all the time. And that's what I think is really important to remember is that there will be problems and you don't know what the problems are going to be because you don't know what you don't know. Right. And that's, that's really challenging. Yep. The problems are many and varied. Yes. And how long have you two been driving? Since 2004. Yeah, July, two July 2004. So yeah. almost 12 years. Yeah, yeah. And um, you just became owner-operators, correct? Right. We've been owner-operators for about a year. Um, we bought the truck, uh, like Seth said, in February, and we put it on the road in April. And you came to a CMC bef even before you even started looking for a truck. Is that yeah, correct? definitely, definitely. Um, 
I th- it was a big help. It was a huge help. And I had been listening to Kevin pretty much since he'd been on the air. And um, I guess everything really kind of, of um, boiled down to this point of, you know, do we want to do this? Do we not want to do this? Because we both came from very different backgrounds to this. And we kind of came to a place like, yeah. We do want to do this. Well, if I'm going to do this, I want to be in control. I want, right. to, I, I want to be able to decide when I'm going to run, where I'm going to run, when I'm going to sleep, how, I can go, how long I can go home for, what holiday I can go home for, which mm-hmm. birthdays I can go to within my family. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we decided to become owner-operators. Um, and we started looking to buy a house in 2006. And at that point, it was like, well, we're either going to buy a house or we're going to buy a truck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're about the same price. <laughs> so it took us three years to save our money. But we had a spreadsheet. And every week when we got, we got really serious. We refinanced our house. Um, we took that extra money that we were saving on the house payment. And we put it in a special account. We took a break from our retirement, and instead of putting the money in retirement for those three years, not forever, just for those three years, right. we put it in with our, the money that we'd saved up. We um, did not inspect the truck as well as we could have, but we were well capitalized, and so we could afford to absorb the loss. Three years when you're saving money towards a goal seems like forever. But I'm so glad that we did it and did it that way. Yep. That's the only way to do it, for sure. That's what we learned here at the CMC uh, with with Kevin Rutherford is, you know, to plan out what you're doing. And and when you do plan it, you know, you can be successful, especially in this business. This This is a great business. You want to tell your story from your first year? Well, sure. <laughs> my first year, I went, when I came out, uh, I, I went to my trainer, or I, I got my trainer, and I had already bought a GPS. Now, there weren't truck GPSs. There was just a GPS. It was, it was a TomTom. Tom, right? yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I knew there, there would be some shortcomings, but I didn't really think about it or care at the time. Now, my trainer, he, he liked it. He's never bought one since when I, I've talked to him. But he uh, actually drove up to a bridge that was too short. He wakes me up out of the bunk and goes, I need you to go out there and see if I'm going to hit this bridge, you know. And he pulled in a little bit. And this was your trainer stacks. that did this? Yeah. Okay. Well, he, the GPS told him to go there. He didn't know anything about a GPS. So, so, so I knew things could happen. Now, I, I got my GPS, and, and the company I was with, they would give you directions to where you were going. They'd give you step-by-step directions. And I would... Um, after what I'm going to tell you about, I started writing them down and making sure I knew where I was going beforehand. So I, I go to pick up a load, and this is probably, I'm going to guess, five, six weeks after I got my first truck. I go into uh, someplace just outside of Talladega, Alabama, pick up a load of plastic furniture that's going to go to a Sears. So I go into this place, and everything is real simple. Great big parking lots. I could hardly back but when I went out. And uh, was able to back in and get my load picked up and everything and put my address from where I'm going to deliver into the, the uh, G- 
GPS and, and start to, to leave. And I've actually looked at this load on my map, and one of the things I didn't see, when I came out of the place, it had a truck-restricted road with a big sign up that said, don't go this way. So I went the way I was supposed to go instead of the way my GPS was telling me. I didn't realize that the GPS completely recalculated the whole load. So I'm out here in the backwoods of Alabama trying to pull out thinking that my GPS is going to take me right to Interstate 20 and I'm going to be on my way. So I make a turn here, I make a turn there, and I notice I'm making a lot of turns. And these turns, every turn seemed to be tighter and tighter and tighter. And I turn into this little tiny town. The GPS is telling me to go to the end of the street and make a left. I'm thinking, God, there's got to be a good road down there. So I go right up and nose my truck up into a, an area where it's the woods. I'm in the woods. <laughs> and, and I have no way to, to, to turn around here. This town is so small that all I could do was pull up into this thing and start trying to, to maneuver around. And I, I'm five, six weeks into this. I didn't learn a lot about backing from my trainer because he was an owner-operator, and all he wanted to do was run, so he didn't spend a lot of time teaching me. And somehow I managed to get out of there with only a little bit of red mud on a front tire. But I, was, I could have easily been in the mud, and they would have had to pull that truck out of there with a helicopter, but I managed to get out of that thing and get on the road. But then I was still lost. I had no idea where I was at. The, I, the GPS I'd barely used. I didn't know you could push a button and tell you where you was at. Probably couldn't have found it anyway. So I take off down the road, and it's doing the same thing. It's, it's telling me to turn here and there. Finally, I pull up to a light. I see a car behind me. I hit the brakes. I jump out. I go back to the driver, and I said, do you know how to get to Highway 20 from here? And he said, yeah, I do. I'm going that way. And he's looking at me real funny like, what the hell? And I said, can you do me a favor and pull in front of me and stay with me and let me follow you out of here? And he, he took me to Interstate 20 up there. And let me tell you, when I got my directions from that point on, I tried several different ways, but I figured out how to write those things down so I knew exactly where I was going, started marking my atlas so I knew exactly where I was going. And I didn't use the GPS a lot after that. I feel Tell like everybody I really, what you do now. How do you do your routing now? I have my wife do it. That way. <laughs> <laughs> she gets it right every time. No, we, we, do ha- we have a truck GPS. That's something that, that the drivers nowadays, that's a luxury that you have. We have a Rand McNally, and that Rand McNally will pretty much, if you pay attention to it, keep you from going into uh, a bridge or into an area you're not supposed to be in or a restricted road or something like that. Uh, but you still have to, it's just a tool. You have, still have to know where you're going. Right. You're going we still get the map out. We check and make sure there's no restricted roads or low bridges on our route. You even take a grease pencil and highlight the route and yep. make sure we know where we're going because sometimes the GPS likes to recalculate. It's a favorite thing to do. Yeah. But the Ram McNally has a nice setting on it. You can turn the auto recalculation off. Yep. And if it wants to recalculate, it has to ask you. Yeah, we don't so take that's us nice. two years to figure that out, but yeah. we finally did. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the map is king when it comes to driving a truck. Get a Rand McNally Atlas and for sure. And know where you're going. Yeah, don't Look drive blind map. anywhere. Yeah. It yeah. will turn out badly. Yeah. Okay, but um, my story from my first year, I'm, I have kind of an interesting uh, start to my career. I went straight from training into technically being an owner-operator because Rick trained me. And he was an owner-operator when he trained me. And, you I was know, the trainer. He was the trainer. 
you know, things just happened, and we, you know, we fell in love, and we decided to drive together, and so technically, I went straight from tra training into being an owner-operator, but, you know, I was still brand new, and uh, <laughs> I can blame Rick for this, but I won't. Um, he gave me a compliment about how I was driving and how I was using my space, and wow, you're doing such a great job, and I was just like, I am doing a great job. <laughs> So I got this big head, right? And I'm all Miss Cool, you know, driving down the road, turn coming up, and I just take the turn. Forgot Didn't even her, look behind me. Trailer. I forgot I had a trailer. <laughs> trailer? What are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, there's this little stand, you know, you see the traffic lights that are in the ground, you know. So I came around, and I, I bumped the traffic light, and I didn't knock it over, but I knocked the cover off of it. Well, yeah, you, you went up on the curb, and I stopped yeah. you. Right. When, when, you hit, when I felt the curb hit, and I, I was hanging out the door to see what was going on, and I, I told her to go forward slowly, and when she went off of that, it's one of those big uh, triangle curbs that has the light sitting back there. Yep. It, it went off on one side, and then it came back up on it, and when it came back up on it, it smacked that that light and knocked it right off we were right outside the shipper too and we just kind of well let's go over here and 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 go ahead and pull into the shipper and then we'll figure out and nobody came running so we just said look somebody hit that hit that light i over don't know there. how that happened <laughs> i was terrified too i was just like oh my gosh i'm gonna get a ticket i'm gonna get fired i am so dead and that same same week it was at least it was either the same week or, or very close together but i was driving through the truck stop at night and I couldn't, there was no lights anywhere. I couldn't see anything. And there's this like little half wall that I couldn't see because it was dark. And I run up over the half wall with the trailer and bust both tires on Wait, the left side of the just trailer. Rip the side wall out of it. Okay. Yeah. But still, I bust the tire that, you know, ugh. First year, man, lots of fun stuff. And I said, it was time for you to understand that you're not as good as you think you are. I had to give her some bad news, but I didn't really. But no. I should have. <laughs> I was still being nice. Yeah, but my big problem, and a lot of people have this problem, is they don't they forget about the trailer. Yeah. You know, they're just used to driving their car. They don't look, just like Joe said, watching all your corners. Yeah. And, yes, make sure you look in your mirrors, watch your trailer. And if it's dark, go really, really slow. <laughs> if it's dark, get out and look. Yeah. Okay, so we have two other members of our mastermind group here, and I hope they have stories. Okay, Russ, you, you want to tell your story? Yeah, I'll tell my story. It's, uh, it's actually not about me in the first year, but uh, I was a training engineer for Schneider before I came, became an instructor. Uh, and I had two students on, and, of course, they had just come through our school and all that, so now i am uh, got them out on the road for two weeks. Anyway, so we're getting ready to pull into the truck stop, we're getting ready to pull into the truck stop and go to bed for the night. Now, we're, we probably had 45,000 pounds of paper on. Anyway, this guy, he was good. He, he had, you know, he washed his mirrors and uh, paid attention to what he was doing. He swung out to go into this little bitty driveway for um, the truck stop. And he was close to the edge of, um, you know, where the road meets the driveway of the, uh, you know, to the parking lot. The concrete broke under us. No joke. The concrete broke. 
and he's pulling through. I mean, I'm watching in the mirrors, and all of a sudden, the truck stops. And I'm like, well, keep going. He's like, I'm, and, and he killed the truck. I was like, fire it back up, let's go. We never felt it. No joke, never felt it. But it actually broke. There was a culvert there, and it had broke, and so it dropped the back end of the trailer down in the ditch. Well, when it dropped it that way, it also put the front of our trailer on our drive tires. We were stuck. Uh, long story short, uh, we had to make a phone call, get a record. They had to come pick up the back end of our trailer and set it over. And, of course, I took all kinds of pictures and trying to save this guy from having to go through, uh, well, Snyder calls it remedials, remedial training, and took all kinds of pictures. And, of course, I had to go be interviewed. He had to go be interviewed for it because they consider that an accident because we had to have a record pick us up and move us. Um, but like I said, of no fault of his own, the concrete broke. Or actually, I think it was actually asphalt. Of course, it was in the middle of summer, and we had a fat butt. I won't be as colorful as I have been before. But <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, life can happen out here on the road and will happen to you. And like I said, this guy had been driving, I don't know, I'd had him about a week. And, of course, he's freaked out, thinking he's going to get fired. And I'm like, you know, this, if I'd have been driving, it would have happened to me. You know, just so happened I was sitting in the jump seat, and it's you. And anyway, they ended up sending him through remedial training again, and it wasn't the end of the world because, I mean, I went in there and went to bat for him. So, but uh, that's pretty much the, uh, my story. Yep, strange things happen out here with these big trucks. They doesn't take very much, and they no. can do a lot of damage. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know if we should let him get away with that. That wasn't about him. Yeah, it, it wasn't about me. I, but I, what, you know what I've been doing at the CMC. I know, I know. I, uh, um, he can't uh, remember back that far. What I know, I can't remember back that far. I'm, uh, I'm, the, I'm the sound engineer here for the CMC. And uh, anyway, it's been an interesting week, and my brain is mush. So. All right, we'll give you a pass. You'll give me that a was pass a good on story. That. All right, anyway. Uh, hey, at least it was somebody's first year. How there about you that? go. Yeah. So our, our next, our next uh, guy, who is also a member of our mastermind group, is going to have to tell two stories about his first year <laughs> to make up for it. Well, I don't know if I want to tell two stories or not. We'll see. If I can remember any stories, I'm trying to think back that far. When I got my license back in 04, 05, somewhere right in there. So it's been a little while since I first got in a truck. I was trying to remember all the bad things that happened then. It seems like that's what we're supposed to be telling here. No, it can be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It can be yeah. a good thing, yeah. Well, it's more the, fun to tell about the bad things. Well, exactly. That's yeah. just like I to say. The, uh, the uh, good things that happened is, uh, you know, I got up the one day, and I made it all the way to my destination on time, that's, and that's I, right. I backed up to the, to the dock, and they unloaded me. You mean yep. your first load went well? Actually, wow. <laughs> well, my very first load, I actually just uh, dropped the trailer and bobtailed back. Uh, That's what I, I did was too. <laughs> driving for my uncle. He uh, was moving houses at the time, and so I had a load of uh, eighty-five foot beams on a fifty-foot step deck, and uh, my very first load in a commercial vehicle. So I had the big long tail swing. I had to run lights all the way back to the to the back of it there, and I made it all the way to the to where I was supposed to go and un- unload this, and then. Uh, or dropped the trailer down and then just bobtailed all the way back to the house. So that was that was my first experience. I was real excited. Got to drive that old that old Mack truck, an old R model Mac. Uh, would run a full sixty two miles an hour all the way to the floor. <laughs> About, and so it was uh, wasn't too bad there on my first load. Now uh, 
you know, after that, I drove several different things. Um, I drove for a Conway Western Express for a little while, pulling a set of triples. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I got to do that in my first year. And uh, so I was real excited. I'm the type of person that likes the equipment. The bigger, the better. The more gears, the better. And just, uh, it, it was just fun for me. I uh, got to do some of that. Uh, had a little bit, cracked a blinker light one time on something. And, uh, you know, then they didn't want me to drive anymore. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I've had some experiences like that, uh, some things here and there that, that have happened. But then uh, was able to get a job with another carrier going over the road, driving uh, dry van first time out going over the road. Quite an interesting experience. I uh, go into, you know, gone every night, sleeping in the truck and, I've been used to driving short pup trailers, and now here I've got 53-footer. Well, I'm excited about it, man. I got this big truck, and I remember sitting there in the driver's seat the first time I pulled out of their yard and uh, headed down the road with a load. And I remember looking around, I was like, this is a big vehicle. You know, used to used to driving something a little smaller. And even though I was in uh, driving a tractor trailer here, now I've got the full 18-wheeler this time. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, I, I remember thinking just how how big it was, and it's uh, somewhat intimidating and somewhat exciting all at the same time. And so it uh, was uh, a lot of fun to do that. Um, I was trying to think of the problems that you have out there. I was in, uh, in a place here. It had been snowing a little bit went down a road. Oh, I missed my turn. I was going to go to this here. Well, I thought, oh, I could turn in that little deal. There's a cul-de-sac right down there. I think I can spin that around. <laughs> now, it wasn't a residential area. It was kind of more of a business area, and it would have been big enough to spin that around, but it was snowing, and so I got the truck stuck. Mm, and got so the here, truck stuck. I'm trying to figure out how to get the truck out of there, and uh, I was looking at it, trying to see if I had enough room to, or if I could figure out how to put chains on it while it was stuck, and... Uh, for some reason, I had the crowbar out, was trying to move something. <laughs> and uh, finally, I jumped back in the truck and was rocking it back and forth, and it came loose. I thought, all right. So I went to pull off there, and that crowbar fell off the truck, landed on the ground, and I drove over it with the tire trailers, or the, the, <laughs> the trailer, the trailer tires. tires, if I can say this right. Uh, drove over it with the trailer tires, <laughs> and it cut two tires in the sidewall with that crowbar coming up there. Right around the corner was a Goodyear place, and so I was able to go over there and get <laughs> get two new tires, but I drew two tires in one day uh, just because I got stuck in the snow and uh, got out of that. And, you know, we talk about all these stories that's bad things that have happened to us, and it, it becomes intimidating, but, you know, I could probably count on both hands in – 10 or 12 years that I've been driving, how many truly awful days that I've had, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, when we do have a mistake or we do have something bad that happens, uh, you know, I've been involved in an accident, um, more than one in a truck. I've had people run into me. I've had accidents that were my fault. And, uh, you know, you, you get over that, yeah. you get past that. And you learn from it. You learn how to do better. You learn what you did wrong. And uh, I, th 
I think today I'm a much better driver because of it. Yep. You know, there's lots of things that happen. We all learn from them. But, you know, you have the same thing in any other industry. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not as, as public many times. In another industry, you know, you you, you mess up filing paperwork or, you, <laughs> <laughs> or um, you know, whatever else you do. If you're working in a machine shop I've, uh, or, or in a, uh, a factory where you're running a machine, you know, I've worked in those industries and you see people all the time, well, they'll mess an order up. And here, man, we've, now we've got 40,000 boxes that aren't correct. Yeah. You know, we got to redo that whole order or, or something on that order. So there's there's things in every industry that you have mistakes, you have problems, you have things that go wrong. And the, you know, the key behind that is just to, to learn from your mistake, learn from the, the problems that have happened. Um, even better, learn, learn from other people's mistakes right. so you don't make them. Exactly. And that's kind of what our group is here, is to try to, to, to let people know, yes, you know, there are gonna, there's, there are gonna be mistakes happen. There are gonna be bad things happen that you can't control. And uh, learn how to just get over those and to go on and, and uh, continue on overall it's been you know i've had way more good days than i've ever had bad days yep um 10 times more or more i don't don't know how to how to quantify it completely but it's uh overall it's it's been great i'm glad i'm in the trucking industry i do enjoy it quite a bit um and enjoy driving enjoy doing that and it's it's very rewarding very fulfilling and uh we get the opportunity to meet great people we've been here all week at the cmc 250 300 people uh owner operators or those that are wanting to be owner operators those involved in the trucking industry and uh great uh, great people those that are doing things right also and and learn from those that are doing things right and we've got others here that they and they're they come in with their their eyes big as saucers of what what in the world is all this and uh but then they're learning and you you hear them ask the questions in the in there and it's that's a perfect question we know they're getting it because they're starting to ask the right questions mm-hmm. and all of those things and that's what we want to do as a group here is to uh to give uh, those that don't know much about the trucking industry an opportunity to be able to come into the trucking industry be able to get started be able to make some money, be able to have a living, be able to, to have a life and a career and do it the right way where they're successful, right. where they can continue on. And so it's been great. I'm thankful for uh, Rick and Melissa and uh, what you guys have done getting this started and really spearheading the the group here and uh, inviting all the other people that's that's here also. It's It's been great. I'm glad to be a part of it, and uh, I thank you. Well, we're grateful to you and to everybody that's that's helped. We couldn't do it without you guys because, you know, our experience is limited. If you want to be able to help a large amount of people, you need to have a large amount of experience, right. which is, you know, the mastermind group. We have experience from all over the place. Yep. Now, Jason, can I ask you a question? Now, you have some uh, personal experience with uh, being involved in a mentor group, Kevin's mentor group. Can you tell a little bit about that? Yes, I had uh, listened quite a bit to uh, Kevin's show, come on at midnight every night, and uh, listened to that, and I heard him talk all the time uh, about the mentor group and about those, so I called up Let's Truck and asked about getting involved with that, and they uh, apparently sent it out to their mentor team. I had uh, two different people call me, and uh, I had uh, Rick and Melissa uh, was one of those people, one of the uh, the group there that called me and uh, began to 
work with them a little bit and uh, told them what I wanted to do. I want to get involved in uh, the trucking or in uh, an owner operator. I want to be, I want to get my own truck. I want to run uh, and my own business. So they helped me quite a bit, gave me a lot of advice. Um, kind of what I needed was just a little push over the edge there. That's uh, one of the main reasons I wanted to be involved or wanted to get involved with the mentor team was uh, because I wanted to be around people who were doing what I wanted to do. They were already involved in it. They already were doing that. And I knew that if I got there and got myself around them, got myself in contact with them, uh, talked to them, that they would help me get involved with that. And so that's my experience with the mentor team. Uh, Rick and Melissa were, were excellent uh, to be able to give me good advice, help me uh, know what type of truck to look for, um, along with listening to Kevin on the radio and and uh, reading things. I got Kevin's program at the time. He didn't have the, the new big program or just come out. That's mm -hmm. right, because I had uh, not too long before that, I had gotten his uh, his original course that he had put out called Course of Action. And uh, now he uh, has the new one there, Stop, Stop Holding the, the steering, steering Wheel and Start Driving Your Business. Start Driving Your Business. And so I got that. In fact, uh, Rick and Melissa actually bought the program for me. And uh, I was able to to listen to the audio books and watch the videos, go through the workbook, and uh, to do it right, to get my own truck and to get started in the trucking that, that industry. That was the key, to, to you were able to do it right. And, and let's give credit where credit's due. You pretty much knew what you wanted to do. You'd done a lot of research, and you were de determined, first off, to do things right. So getting involved with the mentor program, you were the easiest mentor I think anybody got a chance to get, you know. I mean, you knew what you wanted to do, and, and, and we were more just saying, yeah, that sounds good to us, you know. <laughs> well, but we, you. we we loved working with you, and, and of course, now we're friends and, and part of a group together, and, and that makes the whole thing even better. And that's what the mentor thing is all about, bringing people into Kevin's tribe, our tribe. Speaking of Kevin, he just came in and caught us using his <laughs> expensive recording equipment, but he gave us a thumbs up, so I guess we're okay. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah, our group is kind of like a satellite of the original mentor group. We have a little bit of a tighter focus, but, you know, we're willing to help anybody that's seeking seeking advice. Right. Um, so I think that's about, that's about it. I think that's about it. Uh, I guess uh, one of the things we do need to start talking about more is, is getting the people who are listening to these to uh, start looking around in the truck stops and stuff, and you see somebody having trouble, you know, that's probably a new driver. Go over and see if you can help them. You don't have to stand there with your head down and be mad about something that happened earlier. It'll make you feel better if you go help that person. And one of the things you can do to help them is, is give them our Facebook. Right. If you either, if you know a new driver or you are a new driver, go to Facebook, look up Trucking 101. You'll find our Facebook page and you can ask questions and We'll uh, either, maybe it's a simple question we can answer, or maybe you need a lot more in-depth help. We can hook you up with somebody from our mastermind group that, that can help you. So, yeah. We're you have questions, and we if we don't have the answers, we'll find it. Yes, I usually start the show with, uh, you have questions, we have answers. Yep. So that's, that's our goal, to answer your questions. All right. Thanks, everybody, and good night.